words have the capacity to create new worlds. Many of you know how true it is. Because someone spoke words to you and said, I'm sorry, but they did not make it. And all of a sudden, a new world was born. Someone said to you, I love you. And all of a sudden, a new world was born. Or someone said, I forgive you. And I don't hold you responsible. And a new world was created. Words have the capacity to create new worlds. And that's so true for us individually, but it's also true throughout Scripture. That at the beginning of time, God speaks into the darkness, into the unknown, and His Word creates a new world. And Ever since, words have had this ability, this capacity, this capability to create a new time and new space. And I believe that's one of the primary purposes when it comes to prayer. Is that the primary purpose of prayer is that we would be properly formed. Creating in ourselves and in our lives this new world. Because there are so many voices that speak into your life telling you what your life is supposed to be about and what matters and what is important every single day. And yet we need words that are spoken into our lives, creating this new reality that our life represents in Jesus Christ. A life that we know to be true. There's a a story as the church is just beginning, Pentecost has happened. Peter and John are going to the temple to pray and they heal a, a, a beggar. And they're taken to court basically because of this event and ask why and how they're doing this. And as Peter and, and John are talking to the Sanhedrin, They said, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And took note that these men had been with Jesus. And I just want to ask this morning, do people notice that you have been with Jesus? 
Do people see something different in your life as one of his followers that makes it crystal clear that you have been in the presence of Almighty God and that he is transforming and changing who you are? See, for so many years, prayer for me was a struggle. And I've told you a little bit about this journey, but it was filled with frustration because I felt like I would try and try to pray. And I would listen to other people pray, and I would think, well, I, I don't pray like that. And, and I wish I could pray like that. But I don't know how. And I would go to church, and I would hear someone talk about prayer, and the one thing that I would come away with was, well, I don't pray enough. I don't pray enough, or I don't pray right, or I don't feel guilty about it. And one of the things that, that I started to realize is that people had been telling me my whole life that I needed to pray more. But no one ever really taught me how. Well, you just, you just start and you just pour your heart out to God. That's great. I did that and it's been two minutes. And all that I prayed about was the stuff that I needed God to do for me. And I didn't know how to pray. And so frustrated, I went to a, a man who has been a mentor for me named Lynn Anderson. And I said, Lynn, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this whole prayer thing. And Lynn said, well, have you ever prayed the Psalms? No. Why don't you start there? Because the Psalms are a reflection of someone's heart who knows how to pray. See, I never thought that Scripture was a place to begin my prayer life. See, he asked, tell me about your relationship to prayer. And I said, well, basically what I do is I, I, I'll start early in the morning because I get up early and I'll I'll pray, and I have this kind of list of things that, that God needs to do. You see, my, my thought was the purpose of prayer is that I need to persuade God to do what I want. Like, I, I had the understanding that the purpose of prayer was to persuade God to do what I wanted Him to do. The primary purpose of prayer is that we would be properly form. You know, prayer was such a big part of the early church. In, in Acts 2, it ends with these disciples, these apostles, devoting themselves to prayer. When Peter and John are going to the temple, they're going at the time of prayer. Because there were these times each day that they would gather at the temple and they would recite these prayers, many of them coming from Scripture, together as a community faith and believers in God. Prayer defined their life, and as they're going to the Sanhedrin, they give this account, and what's noticed in their life is their courage. The, these men whose lives are defined by prayer, what people notice is their courage. They, they saw their courage and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. 
I wonder. Do people take notice of my life and say, I can tell that you have been with Jesus? There, there is something transformative that is supposed to happen through prayer that would be noticeable in this world from your life. They saw their courage and they took notice that these men had been with Jesus. And then as they're released from the Sanhedrin, they go back and they join these other believers and they begin in this spontaneous prayer. And it's not on the screen. I just want you to listen to these words. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And then listen to what they say next. Why do the mountain and the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. In this spontaneous prayer, they go back to Psalm 2. They're praying and they're pouring their hearts out to God and then this psalm comes out of their mouth. The psalm that they live, that they love, that defines who they are. And one of the things that I, I found is I talked to, to Lynn and, and Randy, and they, they asked, well, do you have any liturgy? I said, no, I don't even know what that is. Liturgy is a Bible word. It's in the Greek, and it simply means public or service, ministry is how it's often translated. But it's this order to things. And there's some traditions that are, we're kind of, kind of a non-liturgical community. Um, but every church has a liturgy. Um, Chuck and I print a liturgy on the back of your order of worship every single week. This, this order that we're going to follow. And he said, we, and Lynn and Randy, they talked, they said, you, you need something like that in your life to form your prayer life. You need something to form your prayer life around. Literally, liturgy in the Greek means the work of the people. See, the work that we do as the people of God is we pray. We pray that God would transform who we are. It's much like in the beginning. As you're born into this world, you begin reading Shakespeare. Well, actually, you begin crying. Because the only expression that you know is you're not happy and you don't have what you want, and so I'm just going to cry. And so babies cry. And then comes the special day when the first word comes out, and many times it's no. And the parents are like, oh, it's so cute. He said no. And then two years later, it stopped saying no. But you learn. You begin to learn this language. And I think prayer has a language to it that is learned. And as you start to learn 
different words, you start to learn your ABCs, and you start to, to learn how words work, and you learn how sentences are formed, and then you're starting to be able to speak and read very fluently. I think prayer is something that is learned. And I think some of the best liturgies that we can have in our life are ones that are repetitive. And if you were wondering, well, did Doug read that on purpose all three times? Yes, he did. Because I think there's something very powerful to repetition. When you go to the health club, they don't say, well, just do this one exercise one time and then you're good. They want you to do three sets of ten repetitions. Because they want you to get better at doing this and get stronger at it. You want to do things that are repetitive. Advertisers, they don't apologize about their repetitive liturgies. You're told 3,000 times a day that who you are and what you have is not good enough. 3,000 times a day you are told who you are, what you have is not good enough. And the whole premise of advertising is who you are and what you have is not good enough, but we have found the cure. If you will buy the brand new Buick Ramada, I don't even know if that's the name of a car, then your life will be better. And everything will be okay. And you've been given this script, this is how life works. You work and you work and you keep working your way to the top and you keep working your way to the top. But the cross, the script of the cross is different. It says if you will come and lay your life down, if you will lose your life, then you will find it. And you do not replace the script the world gives you easily with the script of the cross. That it takes time and it takes repetition and it takes daily entering into this place where the word is transforming you through prayer. See what advertisers advertise, that one. What they are doing, can't talk today, is forming consumers through repetition. And something will form and shape who you are. Something will have a predominant voice in your life. Something will get to tell you who you are and what your life is about. And the purpose of prayer is not simply to persuade God to do what we want. The primary purpose of prayer is that we would be properly formed. A few weeks back, um, when, when my kids go to bed every night, they always ask for us to pray for them. And so we go into their room, and um, there was one night in particular where Caleb was kind of going crazy. He was swinging on his bunk bed and jumping around and doing all these things. And I'm like, stop! And he looks up with these little sweet eyes, and he says, Daddy, will you say a prayer for me? I was like, no, I won't. (laughs) 
but there's this, these prayers that I've been praying, not every day, but most days, pretty much for the last two years. They've been forming me. And so I began, when I didn't have the words to pray, I began there. Father God, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of Israel, God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the true and living God, have mercy on me. And as I begin to speak those words, the anger, the things that I was mad about, quickly began to melt away. And I'll just be honest, I'm not always good at doing that. I think yesterday I probably failed at it a million times. I'm not always great at it. But as I began to pray, it begins to shape and form who I am and how I respond to different things that happen in my life. And what I've found is anxious people pray anxious prayers. Angry people pray angry prayers. Arrogant people pray arrogant prayers. You don't believe, just go to the scriptures. There's a Pharisee in the temple beating his chest in front of Jesus and saying, thank you for not making me like them. It's prayer that forms who we are. And, and the gospel goes as we go and do. But part of that message is also Come, sit, and stay. Come, sit, and stay. Because it's in those times from sitting and staying in the presence of Jesus that we're transformed to go and do. So what, what does it look like? First of all, I would just say it takes time and space. Because our lives are overcrowded and there's so many messages and so many people speaking into our lives. It takes the ability to push everything else out of the way and just simply sit in the presence of God. It, it takes a place where there's quiet. And where there's no noise. In our house, it's the easiest thing in the world to find. It takes being very intentional about it. And I'll hear people say, well, I don't, I don't need to be really intentional about it because, you know, just Thessalonians, we're supposed to pray continually and without ceasing. And here's what I've found. Is, is my continual prayers throughout the day, if they aren't shaped by the intentional time, th those random just throughout the day, here's what I need, are very circumstantial. And they're very selfish. This is what's going on and this is what I need. And our prayers so many times in those moments is God change our circumstances. And here's the one thing I do know. Is God is much more concerned about changing you than he is about changing your circumstances. God does not want to leave you where you are. 
He wants to transform you. And many times he's going to transform you through your circumstances. You want God to answer your prayers? Stop asking him to change your circumstances. And start asking him to change you. Now, will he change your circumstances? He might. Will he change you? I guarantee it. But that only comes through sitting with him. It only comes through praying. It only comes through being transformed. So tell me about your relationship with prayer. Tell me about the times that you pray. Because I can probably look and, and listen to you talk about the times that you pray, and I can probably tell you a lot about where you are spiritually in this world. Because this is probably the most intimate connection that you have with the divine. Is to pray. It's the place that he has the most ability to transform and shape who you are. And that, that might be overstating it a little bit, but I, I don't know that it is. It's in prayer that God will transform and shape who you are. See, you don't have to learn to pray like me. But you do have to learn to pray. If you want to have a relationship with Christ, if you want to be about building his kingdom, you've got to learn to pray. As a church, as we exalt Christ, encourage one another, engage our neighbor, it comes through learning to pray. Because our eyes are not good at seeing the people who are outside of this place. They're much better at seeing those inside. And that comes through the transformation of our hearts. See, as Jesus' disciples came to him and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. He says, when you pray, say. Or if you go to Matthew's version, he says, when you pray, here's how you should pray. And he speaks this prayer, the, the Lord's Prayer. And I have people ask all the time, well, you think Jesus really meant for us to pray that prayer? Yes, I do. I really do. I think he literally meant for us to pray this prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. I try to pray it three or four times a day. I, I, I try to make it a part of my 
life. Why don't you pray it with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Let's pray it again. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. But see, that something beautiful happens. As you start to learn the language, as you start to learn to pray, you start to open yourself up to a whole new world. Would you bow with me? Our Father, Holy Father, Abba Father, in the heavens there is none like you. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your government come. Your politics be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your reign and rule come. Your plans and purposes be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread. Father, provide for the poor among us. Help us to see those who are without and those who are with hurting who need the touch of Jesus in their life. Father, help us to provide for them as you have provided for us. Father, provide for us what we need for this day. Whether it is food or clothes, shelter or strength. Father, may you give all that we need in abundance according to your riches that you have given through Jesus Christ, your Son. Father, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Father, forgive us our trespasses as we have also forgiven those who trespassed against us. Father, forgive us our sins as we have also forgiven those who sin against us. Father, help us to forgive as we have been forgiven. Transform us by your Holy Spirit into a forgiven community of forgiving people. Father, transforming this world through your love and power, through your grace and mercy, Father, so that we can stand before you blameless. Father, forgive us of our many sins. Father, don't hold them against us. But Father, let us find freedom in your Son. Lead us not into temptation, troubles, 
trials, tribulation. Be mindful of our frame. We are but dust. We can only take so much. Lead us out of the wilderness into the promised land. Lead us out of the desert into resurrection country. For now is the winter of our discontent made summer by the glory of your Son, Jesus. And Father, deliver us from the evil one, Satan, the accuser, the adversary. Father, give us strength to stand. Fit us with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith to extinguish the, el- the arrows of the evil one, Father, so that Satan and his plans and his schemes cannot stand against us. And Father, O oh God of peace, crush the Satan under our feet. Your kingdom, your kingdom come on earth through your people as it is in heaven. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. See, as you learn to pray, God will transform your prayer life. And not just your prayer life, your life. It will change who you are. And I just want to simply encourage you, if I can in in some small way. Out in the foyer, there's some tables out here and in the Welcome Center. There's three separate, basically, liturgies. One's kind of more of a traditional. Um, It takes about 30, 40 minutes to go through. There's another one that is entirely taken from Scripture, from Psalms and Revelation, um, from the Gospels. Um, Again, it takes about 20, 30 minutes to go through. And then there's another one um, that I really created just for our family. And it has um, a couple of prayers, but mostly... Um, Psalm 23 and Matthew 6 um, and Matthew 5. And people's fear, I think, a lot of times is, well, in, in liturgy, it's just kind of dead. It's not. Liturgy is either true or false. It's words. It's neither dead nor alive. It's the person who's praying it who is dead or alive. And a true liturgy prayed from a person who is alive in Christ will transform their life. I think people are often afraid, well, I'm going to lose the spontaneity of praying. No. It will give you a whole new dimension of it. I think liturgy is the foundation of the spontaneity. And I can promise you, give it a shot. Create a space and some time, whether in the morning or the evening or even during the day, to begin to pray regularly. Repetitive prayers. 
And as that repetition begins to, to fill your life, it will begin to transform who you are and how you see the world. My hope in this series is not just simply to teach you that you need to pray. My hope in this series is that you would learn how to pray. That you wouldn't walk out of here feeling guilty like you don't know what to do. And like I said earlier, you don't have to pray like me. But you do have to learn to pray. Because it is the one thing that will transform everything else. Let's pray. Father God, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God of Israel. God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the true and living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Have mercy and hear our prayer. Father, we pray that through these times of communion with you, as we come into your presence, that you would transform who we are. Father, not simply our circumstances. And we know you're concerned about them. We know you hear our prayers when you ask. But Father, you're so much more concerned about our hearts, about our minds, about our souls. And Father, we pray that as we learn to pray, that we are transformed and changed into the image of your sinless perfect son make us like jesus and give us the courage of james of peter and john that father the world would see that there is something different in our life and they would notice that we have been with you father our prayer is simply today do not leave us where we are change us through your power resurrect us into new life And Father, give us the hope of glory that we have in Christ Jesus. And Father, may it always be at the forefront of our mind. And we pray this in Jesus' most powerful name. Amen. If you've never given your life to Christ, we offer you the invitation today. Come to Him, be baptized. Sins are forgiven. You begin this life anew. In this relationship with a God who wants to know and love you passionately. And if we could simply pray for you wherever you are, whatever is going on in your life, we're going to have ministry staff, shepherds around this auditorium. We would love to do that. Um, Whatever your need, come while we stand and sing. Come, thou fount of every.